There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week... I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two hundred and thirteen. Of the Ministry of Arts podcast. I'm going to keep this intro a little short because, as you can possibly hear, I've still got quite a sore throat. I'm coming to the end of my flu, and as half of the population is well aware, man flu is much, uh, much more powerful than regular flu. But even so, old soldier on. Firstly, as ever, thank you very much to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to create this podcast. There'll be a little message at the end of the podcast to tell you how you could show your support via Patreon if that's what you'd like to do. Today I'm taking you to meet Caro Clark, who also goes by the name of Interactive. As I mentioned in this episode, the first time I saw her work was a couple of years ago at um, Electric Gallery where Heath Kane had his exhibition and he invited several artists to work over the top of one of his artworks. She has quite a unique and very effective process. And when this comes out on, I think, Monday the 3rd of April, she would have just finished showing at the other art fair in LA. How cool is that? So, without further ado, please come with me and meet Caro Clark, aka Interactive. How are you, Gary? Not bad, you good? Yeah, very good. Crazy busy, but in a like really positive light, I think. Yeah. And where did Interactive come from? That was <laughs> so my my former career is as a designer and photographer, mostly working commercially. And uh, 
And I used to do all my sketches and drawings with an ink pen. And all the guys in the office always used to make fun of me for that instead of, you know, using a computer. Uh, so it became ink directive. And then I thought when I quit my career and became an artist, well, how very fitting that to just keep that name. So it's kind of become my online identity. Of yeah. course, why not? And I, I first saw your work at Electric Gallery during Heath Kane's exhibition. Yes, I, yes actually, I remember meeting you. Uh, I think even uh, Heath introduced us, which was really nice. That's it. Yeah, but uh, that was such an amazing show. I mean, Heath is a master as just uh, pulling these amazing collaborations together and, and, and managing to raise money for a good cause as well. So it was, yeah, it was a really, really fun project to work on as well. I do have seven questions, Caro, that I ask each okay. artist. So the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that may not know your work? I use fluorescent colored paper strips to create paper sculptures, uh, mostly kind of uh, abstract geometrical uh, kind of pattern making. Uh, and I'm starting to get into more figurative work now. But it's sort of somewhere between paper art and paper sculpture. I kind of haven't really found how to define it yet. But I mean, you say sculpture, but it is wall hung, isn't it? At the moment it is, yeah. I'm actually working on a different collection that's going to be completely self-standing oh, at some point. Uh, not happening just yet, but uh, it's coming along, so yeah. So for those listening who may not be able to visualise what you do, if we visualise the one you've done in Eve Kane's exhibition, because yeah. it's an image of a person rather than abstract, it may be easier for, for people to understand yeah, what so you're talking so if you know Heath Kane's work, for example, uh, in this case, it was his uh, Richard and Batman series with the Queen's face with a, a Batman mask on it. And I always sort of loved that idea um, that he's kind of uh, communicating about wealth in our society. And, you know, these online conversations that you end up having now because of social media. So mm. Heath, Heath and I are always just like back and forth all the time. And I remember a few years ago reacting to one of his uh, kind of half-tone portraits he had done. I was like, oh, I would really try to sort of love to challenge myself to apply my technique of gluing paper vertically with that kind of pattern. Uh, and I guess he must have remembered that because about a year later, he's like, hey, would you like to be in a collab show? Like, <laughs> you don't say no to that. It was like, Yes, of course. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then and then it became this kind of like, oh my gosh, I can actually do this with paper. Uh, so it was a realization for me as well. So I have now my next series, which hasn't come out yet, is basically more figurative. So it's all portraits of uh, female figures that I admire that I'm going to be doing really, really big with that same kind of technique. Brilliant. As, so you use, uh, you use strips of, of fluorescent paper. Possibly yes. two centimeters thick. They they're actually eight millimeters. Okay, sorry. I don't know why I picked eight. Um, I guess it's because it's not ten. <laughs> it's not one <laughs> centimeter. Yeah. Um, but so basically, I pre-cut these from like really big sheets because um, the, the the original technique that I got into as I was moving away from paper cutting. Uh, which is a more sort of uh, Asian, uh, Japanese, Chinese uh, techniques of sort of traditional paper cuts was this uh, technique called paper quilling, which has actually been around for 
over 2,000 years. And, and I wanted to take a course to see you know, what I could do with it. But the paper itself is, is quite light and flimsy. And I didn't feel like I'd, I could get that sculptural structure that I really wanted. So I started buying much thicker paper. And, and then I found this wonderful, glowy, fluorescent colors, which, uh, which I absolutely fell in love with. So that's, that's what I'm doing, yeah. So you stick them vertically as if the paper, yeah. the paper strip is standing on the surface. And the, the colour is either inside or out, is that correct? Yes, or both. Um, so sort of playing with distance when, when you have these kind of structures is the closer the strips are to each other, they kind of start reflecting off of each other. And it creates this almost paint-like effect on the background, even though the background is completely clear, white usually. Uh, so, so it's uh, it, at the moment, it's a, a playing process because I'm sort of still finding my voice a little bit. Um, but I've really found something to sort of zone into to call my own now, which uh, I'm going to keep on going with, hopefully. Other than the figurative piece, all I'd seen of you previous was um, abstract shapes yeah. and images. Where does the idea come from those? Well, so the... The, the initial project that I did to sort of get a, a grasp on this technique were these chevrons. Um, and the, the chevrons in themselves was actually initially just a project that I did for a friend whose son was turning five. And she wanted, he loved chevrons, so he wanted these five chevrons with his name on it. And it was very sort of gimmicky, but I thought, you know, I'd do it for fun. And then somebody contacted me and said, oh, are you doing these chevrons? Like, I want a chevron. I have now retired the chevrons. There will be no <laughs> more chevrons. Uh, but I've done like hundreds of them. And they're, they're a lot of fun to do. Um, but that's how I kind of discovered this sort of uh, play with light and, and the paper color and the way it reflects on the surface. And then I thought, well, what can I do with this? And I uh, many years ago, I had one of these, you know, with a couple of friends, you went in and you get a palm reading and you know, whether you believe in it or not, you know, it was a funny. And, and one of the things that the, this lady told me was like, you know, you have a really long lifeline, but it's very twisted. You know, you have a lot of, you know, trauma and, and hard times in your life, but it, it's very long, just very hard. And I remember coming out of that thing, like, I'm not sure that that's good news. <laughs> but I thought back on them, and that's kind of how I started with this sort of twisted lines uh, theory is that sort of, you know, how we go through life and that there are always twists and turns a little bit. Um, so that's kind of what I'm on now. And I'm kind of pushing that to different limits and just, just having fun with it. And then having this option of kind of five different vibrant colors that I can kind of vary between as well. Oh, nice. So, yeah. cool. You aren't originally from these shores. You was born in Paris, <laughs> is that correct? Uh, yes, I was. Um, I, I'm actually from everywhere. I, I don't really have a place I could say, if somebody asked you, where are you from? It would be really hard to answer. Um, but I was born in Paris. I have a Swedish dad. And uh, and because of his work, we just traveled everywhere as I was growing up. So lots of hotels. Uh, I got to know the staff really well. You know, I like <laughs> to hang, hang out in the kitchen or the laundry room. And just, you know, the only constant I had growing up because of going to different schools all the time was art. So it became this sort of the thing that I would, sort of turned back to and then it became a little bubble and and then you kind of almost get isolated in that too um but we hopped around i, I moved i think something like 20 times before i was 18. oh wow yeah <laughs> and did your parents have art in the home growing up was there art around 
They did. I mean, I think they, they both they both have a more kind of traditional style. My dad probably likes modern art, uh, but kind of we're talking more sort of early 20th century. Um, so that was there was always something on the walls. Uh, but my art had always been more this sort of pop art and beyond. You know, I remember the first time I, I saw an Andy Warhol. I was like, oh, what's this? I, I need to know what this is because I've never seen anything like it. Or like I went on a on a trip to to London when I was fourteen with the class and and it, I saw Louise Bourgeois installation for the first time with the giant uh, uh, spider, the spider and then, yeah. and I mean it blew my mind. I was I want to do can I can I do this? Um, but I think traditionally most most of my upbringing was very sort of you have to be a lawyer or a doctor or or get an office job and like, you know, something that pays well and you're set for life. Um, and then I came out with like, I'm gonna be a forensic scientist. Yeah, that's that's gonna be my thing. <laughs> I'm good at biology. I like doing the little sketches and drawing. I'll do that. And and my parents are like, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, my, my, uh, my grandfather was actually a um, police officer in Sweden and he was known as the, the nicest cop in Stockholm. Like he had all the crooks at his wedding. Uh, he got shot in the butt and then met my grandmother because she was the nurse that took care of his butt. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so, so <laughs> then all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it's, it's that sort of wonderful way that we sort of just rush into things and different things happen because of that. So I thought, yeah, forensic science, I guess that's a good job. And then I started taking art classes in college and I'm like, I can do this for a living. It's just like, this is a thing. Like, this is a job. People get paid to, like, you know, all of a sudden it was just this light bulb went off and, and everyone said, like, no, no, you can't be an artist. No, 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 you're not going to be an artist. And then I, I got into a really amazing university in the US and I had the opportunity to go over there for a few years. And, and, and I, I'm in heaven. Everyone is creative. I'm surrounded by artists. We're, we're all sort of just expressing ourselves. And then, a professor said to me, well, you know, your art is very graphic, you know, just, you know, have you considered graphic design, photography, you know, and I'm like, me, I'll take a class. And then next thing, you know, I'm going down that path. And I don't think it was the path I would have chosen had I stayed on the fine art track. Yeah. But then I graduated with, you know, graphic design and photography in mind. And I worked in the industry for 30 years. And the skills that I've acquired through that experience I've been wonderful but I was always an artist at core like just that's what I wanted to do my like ever since I had my first exhibition I must have been about 15 it's like this is what I want to do well you um, say you worked in graphic design for 30 years yeah um, what was what was it you was doing uh, specifically well it kind of evolved because when I first started studying and I was really into typography and I was designing my own typefaces and everything was hand-drawn and then and then I took an sort of introduction to Photoshop, like early Photoshop. We're talking mid nineties, and and it's oh, I can I can do this with a computer, and, and I always have these kind of ooh. And then next thing you know, I'm off on a completely different tangent, so I get distracted, yeah. And then and then around the same time, um, Director and Flash were two software that were really big, and that was sort of animation and interactive design. And then I started looking into that, and then then just kind of combining photography and design and animation. I'm like, oh, I can do this. 
And yeah, and I ended up doing actually sort of doing 30 years in that, mostly working for uh, medical institutions, pharmaceutical companies, that sort of stuff. And and it, I'm not even sure how I got into it, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I never fit in. <laughs> you know, you walk into an office and everything is blue and gray. You're like, I'm slowly dying. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is not good. <laughs> so yeah, so it... Um, I think it crippled my creativity a little bit to be in that environment, even though it was creative, it, it was sort of, you're getting paid and you're being pushed to be creative. Yeah. And, and it, it, it takes away that what I have now is the sort of joy of waking up every morning and getting in the studio and, and just making stuff. And then if it doesn't work, well, hell, we'll make something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's magical to, to be feeling like that now. Actually, do you still use the skills of the computer to design your artworks? Oh, all the time. I mean, I I've sort of retired from computers and laptops. I got a like an iPad about twelve years ago, the first one, and it just it's a much more intuitive way for me to work. I can I can draw on the go. I can take notes. I can uh, you know I can design on there. I have all the tools that used to be available only on computers. And it's small and easy to use. So I definitely use all of my knowledge, the technical knowledge still, even coding wise, because I'm doing some stuff now uh, using kind of generative code to create projects. And yeah. So oh, there's nice. a lot of exciting stuff that you can do without it uh, taking away from, from spending most of your time building something, yeah. getting away from the screen, I think. Yeah. And do you use the programs that are set into the iPad or do you input external programs? I mean, my I would say Procreate is probably the one I use the most in terms of just sketching and coming up with ideas, uh, which is a fantastic uh, tool and very cheap as well. It's it's not subscription-based, uh, subscription so... <laughs> <laughs> you can get it on prescription, I'm sorry. But um, it, it's it's like having it's like having a piece of paper and a pen, but you have an endless amount of different pens and and brushes and um, and then I use a, actually an English-based company called Affinity, and they've got Affinity Designer Photo yeah. and and it's basically like Adobe, but I think it's better because it's designed specifically for the tablet. So. So it's really intuitive to use and really easy to put things together. And yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't credit Apple for software design, but uh, as a physical tool, they have really created something for artists that's incredible to use. And I'm so sort of happy to be living in this day and age to be able to experience that. For me, it's the touch space side of things. It's the fact that you have a screen that you can interact with in the same way as paper. And I even have a screen protector, which is paper feel to it. Yeah. So you feel like you're actually drawing on paper, which is wonderful. It's this monopolizing the world and monopolizing the technologies. When you look at Android, I have an Android phone and I absolutely love that it's open source and that anyone can create things for it and, and that people get ideas and they make new things and it's exciting and it, you know, it creates new ideas and in return you get really cool things, like projects that come out of it. But you have to give Apple credit for creating a tool that enables you to do so much creatively. And that yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't need to sort of lug around 20 sketchbooks when I'm traveling. You know, I, I just bring my iPad and my pencil and then I'm good to go. But there are options. Like, uh, like I would say, if you're going to get something like that, like look into like a, 
a Samsung tablet or like just something that, you know, is not Apple, but you can still do a lot of creative well, stuff. As I say, I've been looking into um, iPad recently and even for podcasting, the, the guys I know that run their own podcasts say that Apple is the, is the best way to be able to use the editing tools and oh really yeah. oh that's interesting yeah. yeah i can definitely agree with that the speed is is completely different yeah, yeah. hardware wise they're incredible software wise they should open up their platforms and let everyone design apps for them and then it would become this incredible machine i think hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, you're saying about the camera there, very probably, I don't know for sure, but you may be able to give your camera commands visually because I've got a gimbal. Because <laughs> I've got a gimbal that holds my oh mobile my phone. And I, I can, one. And I can give from standing back like this, I don't know what the commands are because I've never used it. I've only seen the little tutorial that I never took much notice yeah. of. But you can go like that, for instance, and it stops. Or you can go like that and it, it takes a photo or starts recording. So it, it's and gesture based. Again, if I was to walk around in a circle behind the gimbal, yeah. it would follow me as well. It would just rotate and turn around. I, I need that. I need that in my life. Uh, I have been... Well, my, my hubby has banned me from buying any more toys. <laughs> and like for now, because like I, I ordered a, a new ring light the other day because I'm taking photos of all my work for this upcoming show I have. And and I just needed some good lighting. And then as as you do, you you find recommendations through friends and you don't really read the instructions and you're thinking a ring light, right? This thing shows up, but it's like <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be a meter in diameter. It's Shit. you turn it on and it's like woo. <laughs> <laughs> the street lights in the street go down. <laughs> exactly. It's just like humongous. And I, I set it up in the living room and I sort of removed all the paintings from the walls and I've created this sort of uh, ready-made photo studio. And and my partner comes home and he's just like Okay then, and it's just what. <laughs> so we're doing that with the house now, aren't we? I'm growing out of my studio as I'm becoming more and more sort of full time and dedicated. I need, I need to find a studio space. So if anybody knows one, you know. But I, I, I literally go from my bed to the kitchen to the shower to walking the dog, and then you're back in the house and working all day. And yeah, yeah it's great. I mean, I've sort of found my. My stride, I think, um, the pandemic, despite the, the the weird three years we've had, 
for many artists that I speak to, it's been a humongous opportunity to just buckle down and focus and, and do what you need to do because there was nothing else to do. Um, and for me, it's been, it's been just a wonderful way to just isolate and, and get stuff done and discover who I was as an artist, which I didn't have time to do before. Um, so, but I mean, I had to isolate. I don't know about you, but I have, I have all these medical conditions and I got a letter from Boris uh, three weeks before lockdown started. Uh, you have been classified as extremely vulnerable. You need to start isolating immediately. And in my head, I'm like, what does this mean? <laughs> you know, I was like, what are you waiting for? The prime minister has asked me to do Why? What's happening here? And then, then you sort of get into, like, I couldn't leave the house. I literally was not allowed to go outside. So I spent 420 days in my house. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, yeah. Do you have a garden? It's like a communal garden. It's not like we don't go out there because it's everyone's bedrooms. It's like you walk too far one way and it's like, oh, you just came out of shower. You walk too much the other way. But what but, I'm saying uh, is you had an outside space that you could go to safely. Yes. Yes. I was gardening the entire lockdown. Um, my partner is a garden designer, so he just keeps on bringing flowers home and and yeah, I had the most beautiful garden in London. <laughs> and where is home? What, where are you based? East London, Hackneywick, Fish Island, actually. I love oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, nice. Yeah. It, I, I, I kind of discovered East London on a whim uh, about 25 years ago and, and just fell in love with it. And it was really rough around the edges in those days. And uh, and yet there was something about it. And then, of course, all the artists started migrating that way from shortage when it got too expensive. And and now it's just insane. It's like we've had 50 new builds in the last 10 years here. It's mad, isn't like, it? It's like 600,000 pounds for a two-bedroom. And you think, what's happening? But it's a fun place to be. So, yeah, I really like it here. And will you be moving away like a lot of the other artists are doing from Hackney Wick? I'm staying put. You will have to drag me out of here. I love it here. Good. You know, you got the you got the canals and the, the parks and, and so much life as well. I got uh, Hackney Dave has just moved here. So on my doorstep now, which is really nice. And, Good. Um, the East Art Gallery, which recently opened, which is pretty cool as well, which is just around the corner. So lots of stuff going on. Yeah. I wouldn't Super. leave it for the world. And getting back to your work. Yes. Caro, what do you think is the um, artwork that you've created with the strongest emotional connection? Oh, oh, that's a that's a really interesting question. I, I, I mean, I initially started doing paper art as as a means to deal with uh, severe anxiety, um, and the 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 process, even though some people think I'm absolutely nuts because it takes so long, is something very very relaxing for me. So each piece is really just literally blood sweat and tears you know you but but I enjoy every single second of it, every millimeter of glue that I put down and and mold the paper so so I think emotionally I'm, I'm connected to each piece in one way shape or form or another I I'm learning to be less rigid and more fluid with my work now yeah. and and the stuff that's starting to come out of me now it's more sort of I'm just gonna see if this works and and then you know, oh well, this didn't work. So we'll go move on to the next one. But but I'm having fun, and I, I'm I'm also sort of almost getting like another degree in art by by being exposed to so much wonderful talent online and 
and seeing what other people are doing, especially sculpture, which I never looked into before. I would, you know, graphic design is very flat. It's on the screen, it's on, on posters. And, and now I, I want to be more dimensional. I want to actually physically create things and then, yeah, yeah, make them come to life. So yeah, it's all connected emotionally, you know? Uh, Sculptures you're on about creating, are they freestanding? It probably will be. Um, I'm sort of looking into some kind of uh, dome or, or structural way to, to be able to contain them uh, because paper is so delicate. I wouldn't be able to have them just freestanding. But then I'm also sort of uh, taking a wood workshop at the moment, which I really am excited about. And I think I would like to take something to do with metal as well. Like, I mean, I, I, I love paper, but it doesn't always have to be about paper. So there's sort of lots of options. Yeah, but you could use like, eight millimeter metal strips which are powder coated yes that they look like paper and fluorescent on the other side absolutely so if they're they're painted and it looks like paper it doesn't have to have that dome around it and it it will have its own structure it will bend a bit possibly but Mm. but then to the viewer it would still have your identity of paper visually no one needs to know until they read the information next to it <laughs> yeah urban paper artist uses any material i i think that the, the there's so many possibilities at the moment i think i also need to sort of back it up a little bit because the thing i'm trying to do right now is establish my voice and then also put together a, a proper sort of set of collections that people can identify me with yeah. um before i start running out there and like doing 200 different things um, but I got a lot of stuff brewing, so which I'm excited about as well. It's just sort of the experimentation phase and, and how how to make something look like something else. I find that really exciting. So yeah, metal yeah. But it might be in my future. Yeah, I oh, will credit okay. you for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're quite all right. You're quite all right. Inspired, inspired by Gary. <laughs> and Cara, if there was you and five other artists, past or present, what would your ideal group show be? Oh, as a group. Oh, oh gosh. Hmm. As a group show, that's tricky because hmm. does it have to be just five? Hmm, I'm sure you five. can pick thirty. No, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have them all over for dinner. The the oh, that's tricky because the the the, the there. Artists that I admire for who they are and what they've achieved, and, and especially female artists um, like Bridget Riley, uh, you know, who's still with us, and gosh, her work is just mind-boggling. And then, you know, you look back at sort of Frida Kahlo, and and, and uh, do you know who Carmen Herrera is? Um, um, not the name, she, but possibly the work. She so she was a kind of American Cuban sculptor and painter and she did these very kind of geometrical shapes and she did humongous sculptures like they're now sitting in New York and a uh, really really interesting woman as well and she died just recently um, but she had an incredible life and really really beautiful work um, uh, Yaya Kusama I think would be interesting I love her dots I, I would love to do a collaboration with Yaya Kusama so I'm just going to put that out there into the universe I just went down to Harrods this weekend and saw the installation there with, uh, with her collaboration. And it's just insane. Uh, I, I sort of hope that what they have done with this collaboration, that some kind of money goes to some cause 
because the amount of money that has been spent on this and it's in something like 20 cities these ginormous sculptures you know you know she could fight godzilla it's you know it's just, it's just this enormous yaya kusama standing in front of arabs painting dots and it's it's a great concept but what is it for like why are we doing this you know other than of course it's a really cool collaboration for the artist yeah um but uh, but i don't think i would invest in a louis vuitton handbag with dots on it <laughs> you know <laughs> So yeah, and then okay, one more. Oh, this is difficult. Omar Omar Rayok probably, who is this incredible uh, sort of op art um, uh, Latino artist. Beautiful work from the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, I yes, I th I think his work would definitely be complementary. I I mean, yeah, I could probably list another 20, but of course, but that. Yeah, they're all, they're all sort of very kind of um, large-scale conceptual kind of stuff that, that I think we would need a really, really, really big room. Or maybe it would be outdoors. <laughs> well, it would no. be an outdoor installation. Yeah, it would be really big. And then I will introduce my, my metal works <laughs> <laughs> inspired by Gary. Superb. Superb. Yeah. And if you wasn't an artist, what do you think you'd like to be? Oh... I don't think that this is plan B, you know, I went from commercial design and now I'm an artist. So I don't, I, I'm going to be this until the day I die. Um, maybe a dog walker. I, I just thing. love dogs. Nice. You know, if I had nothing else to do, I walk dogs and spend time with my our four legged friends. Oh, that'd so be. Yeah. That, perfect, uh, perfect way to spend a day. I would do, yeah. <laughs> and have you got anything coming exactly. up? Exactly. <laughs> Oh gosh, yes, I do actually. I'm, I'm currently in a show in Spitalfields. Uh, there's this lovely little um, beer shop uh, bar called the Kill the Cat, and they have a space on Brick Lane at the moment. But they're opening a new one in Spitalfields, uh, so we have a pop-up gallery there uh, for the next few months with a bunch of artists. That's what's on at the moment. Um, next month, I'm in a show called Kink at the East Art Gallery. Um, that's going to be really fun. It's sort of their first big group show since they launched. Um, and then I am off to Los Angeles. I'm going to the other art fair, LA. Nice. Wow. Oh, I, I still have to pinch myself daily. I can't believe I got in. Um, it, it was just on a whim as a joke. Like a friend of mine were, you know, getting a bit tipsy and we were complaining about how we had oh, applied to the other art fair in London so many times and they, still saying no and then should we apply to all the other ones yeah let's do that <laughs> yeah and then, and then you get the email you've been accepted to the other art fair in los angeles and, and you said i was just kind of sitting there i was alone at home and i thought it's four o'clock in the afternoon it's too early to have a drink i what do i do I, <laughs> oh my god i'm going to los angeles it's it's overwhelming i'm really really excited i'm so honored that this is happening and and i'm learning all the ins and outs of uh, shipping I mean, arts there's several <laughs> british artists that go isn't there oh god i think i think this time around it's about 20 maybe 25 so there's going to be and are you in contact with those guys um not everyone i've gotten to know a few online and then i have a group of friends that are also going so it's going to be a good time yeah, yeah. Oh, i was, I was just LA saying <laughs> that they may be able to give you some tips on shipping and <laughs> 
Overall, you? new we're all newbies, but we do have friends that have done it before. Um, and that, I mean, th this is what I love about this community, and I'm sure you experience this. Like everyone is so nice yeah. and so helpful, yeah. and and like I even have like even if I haven't asked, I have people reach out to me. Go, oh my god, you got into the other offer. Here is the tips. You know, this is what you need to look out for, and and it's just like, oh wow, thank you so much nice. for helping out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of things to keep in mind and, you know, shipping all your work off to a different country and yeah, it's a little daunting, but I, uh, yeah, hopefully it's going to be okay. So, so yeah, that's the uh, end of March. And so if you're out in LA, then uh, definitely come and say hello. I'm not allowed in America. <laughs> oh no. yes, of course. <laughs> of course. With your experience. Yes, yeah. I can imagine. That's tricky. Well, we will make sure to take loads of photos. Good. So, yeah. Now you're a part of the other art fair. It will very probably make it easier to be accepted into the London one. Yeah, after. I'm hoping so. I, I think as artists, we have to just learn to take rejection as it comes. You know, you get 20 no's and one yes, and that's that's a win. And uh, you just got to keep applying to things and try things out and, you know, yeah. talk to people and smile and have a good time and yeah hopefully uh the art will get out there you know just spread um, the love spread the love and joy and happiness yeah i know <laughs> i sound so so happy <laughs> but yeah no it's true though you, it, if if you give out the right kind of energies then the right kind of people come to you and then in return good things happen you know even yeah. if there's been even if there's been a lot of bad stuff as well, you know, you got to sort of, we're survivors, you know, I, I heard a podcast with you recently. So I, I, uh, I sort of just to get to know you a little bit and I'm sorry for all the ordeals you've had to go through. Over oh, years, thank you. But, what one was that you listened to? Oh, uh, what was the name? Um, it was on medium. I think I found it. We, um, born, uh, yeah. Born again, artist. The curator uh, salon. Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah. Curator salon. That was it. Oh, Gita Joshi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a Geeta isn't creating podcasts anymore, or she hasn't okay. done for quite a while. She interviewed me and then I interviewed her. So nice. Yeah, two podcasters doing yeah, each other's interviews. Oh, that's good like fun. That. No, but it, it was sort of, you know, you, you listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and I find it's a really lovely way to, just to get to know people's experiences and stuff. And this one was a really good introduction to you because I don't know you very well. So oh, there you it go. was, it was nice. It was nice to hear your story, you know, and uh, just to sort of see where you've come from. I think, I think it's incredible that you, you sort of managed to turn something so serious and, and horrible into a really positive experience in the end, you know, and here we are. Oh, thank you. I, I I love the fact that we, we're now able to share all of our experiences and talk about the things that we do and also like all these pitfalls and things that we, we have done and experienced that are, well, technically failures. They help so many people by yeah. sharing them, I you know, I, and, and, and just to put it out there into the world. Like I, I couldn't do what you do. I mean, gosh, how many, you had like 200 podcasts now. 207 has just come out. That's incredible. Yeah, and you're you're bringing people together. I mean, I just watched you at Roy's uh, last April, uh, which I think was the first time like I properly saw you in action. That's right. Yeah, just walking around and interacting with everyone and sort of just chatting away. And it's it's just really nice to see that there are people like you out there who are bringing oh, people together. Much. So you know, I like I like the energy. And how can anyone see 
your work and what you're doing, be it social media or website? Um, predominantly on Instagram. You can find me there and all my information is there. It's at Interactive, uh, which is I-N-K-T-E-R-A-K-T-I-V. And, um, and then through my website, which I will be updating in March because I got to head to Los Angeles, uh, but I'm terrible with that. It's so funny because I used to design websites and now it's like, I got to design my own. Uh, <laughs> all, I, I hate doing it. It's just, I'm going to go do something completely different just because I want to avoid doing that. Oh, yeah, uh, but exactly. Yeah, find, find me on Instagram, interactive, and then there's lots of links there. And I post daily if I can. So, yeah. Brilliant. Well, Caro, that's all of my questions asked. Thank Ooh, you very exciting. much for the time. It's been fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's been lots of fun. It's so nice to talk to you. Have a great rest of the day. Take care. See you later. Yeah, take care. Ta-da. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers we decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means, obviously, we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box, which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, ta If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.